Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Well, good morning. <sighs> you better have something stronger in your uh, cup today well, than tea, <laughs> that milky tea that you have. Uh, no secrets are being revealed this morning. <laughs> no, I know, but when I look at our next four episodes, I know. Like, get on the roller coaster and hang on. Strap what? yourself in, I people. Know. What are we doing? Well, this just shows you how. Our lives are in this process right now, yeah. and we're just hanging on maybe a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, seriously, so. you might need something stronger than coffee. Yeah. Before you turn <laughs> this thing on, pause Yes. and make sure you have space. Yeah. Anyway, it's good to see you. Yeah, it really is great to see you. I mean, in the midst life and all the processing we've been doing, uh, it's good to just see your smiling face. And it warms my heart, gives me hope. <laughs> that you will see a human being again. <laughs> That's right. And just that we, we can get through this together. We can get through this together. Yeah. And if you're listening, we're going to get through this together. Yeah. We really are, because we need each other. And yeah. um, just listeners... Uh, one of the things you may not know is that, you know, Mary and I don't see each other very frequently. Yeah. But what happens is we talk every day. Yeah. So we, you know, I find something I'm reading and I f- take a screenshot of it and I mm-hmm. send it and, you know, with either bingo, bango, bongo or whoa or, yes. you know, the holy slap or whatever it might be. And we get into this exchange mm-hmm. uh, back and forth and we've got our our group of women, too, mm-hmm. who we're in contact with on a regular basis, all over text messaging. Yeah, exactly. And occasional video me- um, uh, meetings. Because Very Because sometimes occasional. things are really deep that we have to do in person. True. But that doesn't happen as much as I think people might think it does. Yeah. It's, it's really a lot of texting. Yeah, it is. And so all that to say is that during this time of isolation, you can and really should reach out. We encourage you to reach out to your people because this is not a time to try to do it alone. No. It's so tough. No. Yeah. And what we're hearing from our like ourselves, our friend group, there is just so many layers of things going on in people's lives. Yeah. And, you know, in the midst of this COVID season, mm-hmm. there life is still happening. Yes. Right? And we can lose sight of that, that mm-hmm. there's a lot going on in the lives of our friends. Right. And sometimes they may not want to burden you with it because they know that you're trying to, you know, work and homeschool and mm-hmm. do all the things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we really need each other because yeah. there's a whole layer of other stuff going on. Right. And we've talked about this before, just knowing you have people in your life who are with you even though they can't take away the struggles and the problems, it just gives you an internal resilience to handle it. So that's yeah. our encouragement. So <laughs> so this is our topic today. Yeah. It's not an easy one. And a lot of you are going to um, really resonate with this mm-hmm. because this is you. Mm-hmm. It has your name on it with a nice, big, shiny bow. <laughs> certainly has mine on there. <laughs> so we are talking about the big theme of tell us what, Mary. Well, it's when we are taking responsibility for other people 
to the point of overfunctioning. And you might have heard this term over responsibility or overfunctioning. And um, I kind of started down this road because I'm going through some very deep decisions in my life right now. And the Lord led me to this article on over responsibility. And Oh boy, it hit me between the eyeballs like you wouldn't believe to the point where I actually cried through the first half of it because it just described me to a T and all that was going on inside of me. And uh, it talked about some of my family history that lent itself to feeling over-responsible. And so I have been processing it with you. I'm still not finished with it, but it really brought clarity to why I have been struggling with making some major decisions of stepping away and letting go of things that I have carried as uh, my responsibility for years and years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that. first of all, I'm so glad that when we discover an article like that, mm-hmm. it is soulless. Yeah. Because we realize, boy, this is just not me. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's research articles written exactly. about this. Exactly. So it gives us this like, if this is not just me, then this is probably going to resonate with our listeners. Right, exactly. And we will post the links to these articles um, as well. Um, maybe we can kind of give a few uh, little hints of what you can do to diagnose yourself as being over-responsible. Um, but I I'll, read the list. Yeah. I'm like an overachiever. And- <laughs> In overfunctioning, <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, yeah, and so are you. Yes, it is true. It is true. It's it's this weight that I feel like I've been carrying around for a long time. That you know, as a as a little girl, um, being sensitive, uh, genuinely wanting others around me to be happy. You know, certainly as a two, and then not being told otherwise because I fit so well into expectations that right. my family had of me, that others had of me, and. I was affirmed regularly, time and time again, for being a good girl, a responsible girl, one who yeah. took care of others well. Right. And so that just kind of reinforced all of that. But the thing that, like, I know this stuff, right? Of course you do. But it's one thing to know it, and I certainly can see it in other people's lives more objectively. But in my own life, it is so enmeshed in the way I see life and do life that it's very hard to separate from what I actually am responsible for and what I'm not responsible for. So I imagine that there are some listeners out there who, like you and I, um, immigrant families, Mm -hmm. you know, where uh, you came at a young age to this country and your parents had to do kind of all kind of the extra things and you probably picked up some household responsibilities that you weren't really equipped for at the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or maybe you're the oldest mm. and you had a lot of siblings and you were the responsible one because you were helping mom out. Right. You were mommy's helper. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and we're not shaming that because there's like life and families is complex, mm-hmm. but you may resonate with some of these things. Right. So let me just uh, read a little description of what over-responsibility is. Okay. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, here we go. Over-responsibility for others includes feeling another's feelings for him or her, 
taking over for, talking for, mediating for, or making excuses for someone else, monitoring another person by word or gesture, bailing someone out, interpreting, second-guessing, or anticipating what someone is saying, feeling or acting responsible for someone else's feelings like anger, depression, or happiness, or someone else's behavior, like their drinking, success, or failure, or acting foolish. So that's over-responsibility. And that's where we carry um, not just responsibility for our life, but for the lives of others. And right. for those of us who are parents, we've done it um, naturally as, uh, you know, wanting to care for our kids. But the, the line between what's our responsibility and their responsibility continues to shift as they get older and older. And I know I have struggled with being able to let go of you know, wanting to make sure my kids' lives are pain-free. Uh, and <laughs> you're giving me that look. Apparently, I just raised my eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 wanting everyone to live till forever. So therefore, I must nag you to eat your healthy foods and all that. I mean, and those, take your vitamins and <laughs> yes. put your mask on when you go out yes. and all the things. Yeah. And we just had a experience over the last couple of weekends where we were chatting with a friend, if you recall. I, I recall it to great depth because I feel so much sorrow for what I did was in my desire to care for my friend, I pushed so hard on things that I thought she needed to change in her life. And so I was being over responsible for her feelings and her well-being. So there you go, people. That's over responsibility. Right. I do remember that because, you know, I chimed in as well because, and we thought we were doing it out of love mm-hmm. and protection of our friend, but really we stepped across a boundary. We totally did. Which we both went back and had to apologize for. Yeah. Yeah. To make things right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So over-functioning is kind of in the same um, area as over-responsibility. I mean, you can't be an over-functioner unless you're over-responsible and vice versa. So they're kind of overlapping, but over-functioning um, often plays out not just in our um, home life, but also at work. Of course. Where uh, really underlying it is an anxiety that um, things won't go well, that there's going to be danger around the corner or... Uh, projects are going to fall apart. So we regularly step in. We step in. And the other thing too, is that we step in because um, maybe we have a way of doing things Mm -hmm. that we know is efficient and works well. And so often we step in to do the thing for someone else. Right. Because they're either, they're not doing it the way we want. Yes. Or it's taking too long. Yeah. Right. And maybe we're dependent on an outcome. Mm -hmm. And so we step in and do the thing rather than Delegate it. Yeah. And I think also, like, for me, um, being a parent, but also a leader, uh, we do tend to carry a a sense of responsibility. And I think in that, and it's rightly so, but I think when we realize our responsibility is to help our kids and our uh, the people who report to us to actually grow and uh, develop competency, develop independence, resilience, and all those things, it shifts. Right. But it's sure painful oh, yes. to let go. And when we, when we have children that are very young, you know this, moms, as you're doing all the things right now, getting them to do anything on their own is painful. Oh, yeah. my Lord. Yeah. You know, it takes them so long to get their clothes on. It mm-hmm. takes them so long to put their toys away so we can quickly step in and do it for them. Yeah. 
Especially under stress. I mean, this is a very stressful time, so it's natural for us to kind of take the shortcut. Right. But in the long term, that's a pattern you don't want to get into because it actually robs them of responsibility and it robs them of the tools that they need to function later on. Yeah. Yeah. So if if this is speaking to you, um, click, follow up with the links that we're going to post on our show notes and just read the articles. They have some diagnostic questions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, yeah. Uh, My sister and I were chatting um, that we're going to post the list of questions on our mirror. Oh. And every single day, we're going to see if we can check off fewer <laughs> of the that things that we That is a really good thing Isn't to do. Isn't that a good idea? Yeah. I haven't started it yet because it's a little scary, but... Because she's being over-responsible with other things. She hasn't got time to do <laughs> oh, it. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. Um, you know, I, I've been doing, you know, in, in all seriousness, I've been doing some soul searching on what's going on within me. So it's one thing to look at my behaviors and try to change my behaviors, uh, what's harder is to look at the underlying reasons why I do what I do. Right. And I've talked about this before, feeling like uh, really in bondage to other people's expectations of me. But there is this inner compulsion, this need to please, this need to be perfect, this need to uh, do everything to the utmost of my ability. And um, I've just been reading um, Ruth Haley Barton. She's got this book, Longing for More, and it's written for women. She's got a bunch of other resources. Oh, her stuff written. is brilliant. Brilliant, just brilliant. She's got a bunch of stuff that's written for, um, you know, mixed audiences for sure. But in this particular book, she's talking about the plethora of choices that are now in front of women. And while this gives us the freedom to choose, it can also paralyze us and we can ultimately feel trapped by all that we have on our plate. You know, the responsibilities of career and family and feeling guilt, a feeling of guilt when we can't do it all. So she has these five realities that she mentions that I'm just going to read because uh, I want to like get people to think about this on th- on what it's been for you as a woman, as the choices you've had have increased. So these are some things that she says she's discovered. Uh, most of us, number one, most of us have learned the hard way that there's no such thing as superwoman. <laughs> so we yeah. can't do it all. We're actually, uh, I'm seeing burnout to this uh, unbelievable degree at this point and stress oh. because of us trying to do it all. And during this time, we were supposed to still maintain our responsibilities at home and work. It's just overwhelming. And then the second thing is, and this is huge for me, most of us have experienced guilt yes, and uh, sadness, feelings of failure as a result of our choice. We feel so much guilt when we can't do it well and we, we worry about the impact this has on our kids or our team if we're leaders. Right, right. And then third, she says, our choices have brought a sense of dis- disillusionment. Uh, and this is she's talking about feminism and how it's opened the doors for us, but it's just given us more responsibility, more feeling of being overworked. And number four, she says, we've realized that choosing one thing means saying no to something else. And uh, I struggle with saying no. And so I just kind of try to keep doing it all until I fall apart. Right. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Of course. Listening, right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and then this this last point she makes is so huge because it's very, like, I know I present, and I've talked about this before, as a confident woman, but she says there is an, an uncertainty that underlies our confidence. 
And, uh, you know, when we're trying to do all of this, we really feel deep down that we're failing and doing anything well. And so then we feel a lack of confidence. Like, isn't that hitting home? Yes. And I can't imagine, I've said this so many times, I can't imagine the stress on moms of young kids right now. Yeah. In this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was just, I was picking up on... Um, some things on social media over the last week about mom shaming. Mm. Oh, ah. for crying out loud. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah, I know. I was just so frustrated by that. Mm-hmm. The thing is, though, we do it to ourselves. Yes, we do. Right? We do it so much. Like, I, 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 the, the guilt that drives me or has driven me uh, is uh, immense. And I think I have apologized to my kids who are now adult children like a thousand times. Of course. And they keep saying, mom, mom, you did a great job. Let right. it go. Right. But I, I... But you still hang on to it. I hang on to it. I rehearse all the mistakes that I've made. And again, for me, having chosen to pursue a career as you have too, while raising kids, uh, yeah, that's pretty significant. It is significant. And I just, I mean, I'm going to read a Henry Cloud quote that, you know, every, uh, first of all, Henry Cloud, Mary, and I are besties. Yes. We will get to that in another episode, but just letting you know, like... He's always in the back seat. He's always in the back seat for our <laughs> ride-alongs. We'll talk to you a little bit about that in another episode. Anyhow, uh, I love this quote because I've said it so many times to people. Um, Remember every time you say yes to something that involves time, energy, or money, you just said no to something else that you won't have the time, energy, or money to spend. Mm. Make sure that yes is worth it. Yes. And so in this, you know, over-responsibility, and especially when you're a capable person, right? Uh, Highly, high-capacity person. Yeah. The yes is easier, Mm -hmm. but it does come at this tremendous cost to your time, energy, mm-hmm. and your, you know, your values, everything else. Mm-hmm. So when he says, make sure your yes is worth it, mm-hmm. like a lot of us have said yes to, yes to things that are not worth any of those things. Well, I don't know that. And that's why we bump into this, like the superwoman illusion. That's right. But I don't know that if I think about it, I have actually analyzed my yeses in the past to even see whether it's worth it. Because you're just in... Go, go, go mode. Right. So you just say yes, you just keep going, you just keep going, and you don't realize the cost it has on you until your body starts to fall apart. So can we encourage women, Mm. especially in, and I've been saying this to leaders. I've said this to leaders in my coaching practice over the last couple of months now. Mm -hmm. I've asked them to make a three-month plan Mm -hmm. and tell me what the plan is. Mm -hmm. And they cannot take on anything else during that three months without talking to me first. Right. That's the accountability that's so important. Because if they come to me and they say, hey, I've said yes to this thing, I have to say to them, well, what are you taking off your plate then? Yes. Because you have no more capacity. Mm -hmm. And that margin that we built into your three-month plan is so if your child has to be homeschooled for a week or two, Mm -hmm. you have capacity. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. I think um, for women, as I kind of put myself in the shoes of our listeners, I don't think the need to care for ourselves better is really a strong motivator, as bad as that sounds. I know, I know as a psychologist, I'm supposed to say self-care is important. And I do believe in that. 
I don't always practice it that well. But the thing that drives me is the recognition that my over-responsibility or over-functioning is actually harming others. So yeah, Because you're so other-centered. That's right. But I am harming others in their journey of growth. I've stepped into gaps too many times. And as a result, I've prevented the growth of other people. So here's a good question to go along with that. Mm Mm-hmm. I hate the I hate the phrase if you got hit by a bus today. I don't want to use that phrase. Mm-hmm. But let's say you were removed from that person's life mm-hmm. for a period of a couple of months. Right. I know. Would they grow mm. or would they fall apart? Right. Because of the amount of things that you've been doing for them to carry them. Mhm. Ooh, right. That's a great question. And I think we fear that they will fall apart, and so we keep doing, as opposed to the thinking that we don't want them to fall apart, and therefore they need to develop their own resilience and resourcefulness and problem-solving and all those really important things. And that as a parent and as a leader, that is my ultimate responsibility. Yes. And so I think that if I have that as my motivation, it helps me to step back easier than saying, I got to do this for better self-care. I'm just saying, just being honest here. You know, and the other thing too is that um, we both worked in organizations where quite frankly, when you leave, you are not indispensable. Yes, it's so true. People step in and yeah. do the work and yeah. it, may, it may take seven people to do it, mm. but it gets done. Right. But we all feel indispensable in these arenas of our life. Mm-hmm. And it's actually not true. Right. Yeah. Very, very wise. Yeah. So I, I've got a funny story. Okay. Um, so when I was a young adult, you know, I was married. We were living in Whitby. And um, my family home was in Scarborough. And every time I would go to visit my parents, my dad would slip me a 20 and my hand, and I learned very quickly not, never to ask what, what, what it was for, because mm-hmm. he'd say, if, I, if you have to know what it's for, you don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd slip me a 20 all, you know, under the table, so to speak, and then he'd help me back out of the driveway by doing all these hand signals, <laughs> right, to make sure that I got out safely, and then he'd stand there on the road and watch me drive down the street and wave, and it was... It was his way of kind of like helping me, protecting me. And then I'd have to ring when I got home to let them know I got home safe. Right. 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 And in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm a big girl. I can get home all by myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, he was trying to do his fatherly duty, right, to make sure I was okay. (laughs) Yes. Um, But... That's a funny little story, Mm -hmm. but it has big implications if we expand on that. Yeah, exactly. Right? So when do we allow our children, Mm. adult children, to leave and navigate the world on their own right? without the extra 20 in the pocket right? and without all the hand signals and directions? Yeah. Uh, They will make mistakes. There will be pain that they have to experience, but we know that growth comes through that, right? Um, You know, 
I love the story that you share because I can see myself doing that. In fact, uh, we used to always say to our daughter, Amanda, when she would be driving somewhere, drive safely. And she'd roll her eyes and she'd say, oh, no, I'm going to drive unsafely. <laughs> <laughs> like that's going to stop anything from happening. But I mean, that's that's just the way we think. Like somehow our words. Yes. And so I, the reminder, the reminder. And I, I have to say that that underlies a lot of why I nag people. There's this anxiety that somehow if I don't nag people, somehow they're not going to do that thing well. But there it is. There it is. What you just said. If yeah. I don't, then, then they the, won't. the fallout might be horrible. Yeah. And so you're taking the responsibility that if if you don't say that thing to them. Right. We'll all hell break loose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's fear that underlies this over-responsibility. And for me, there's also guilt and yep. shame. You know, the 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 interesting thing is, uh, and I, I think I've said this before, but my theme for this year is living free. Mm-hmm. And when I first started down this road, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be free to make choices and enjoy my life. And the Lord had different plans. Apparently. He, he, was, he was working in the deep-rooted stuff of my soul that was holding me back. And over-responsibility, over-functioning out of a sense of guilt and fear is yep. huge in my yep. life. And so the freedom isn't like freedom to travel, freedom, because that's all been taken away from us. Yes. Our physical freedom, yes. our um, ability to do those things has been taken away. Even our a lot of our relational freedom has been taken away. Yeah. So isn't it interesting that this time is all going deep? And I imagine for a lot of our listeners, mm-hmm. I know that's true for me too, mm-hmm. it is this time... Um, that is the going deep time within ourselves. Yes. And that's the freeing thing. Yeah. Because if we can free ourselves from the inside, mm-hmm. the other stuff is so much better. Yeah. And I have been saying, because I'm living it out, that when God allows pain in our life, I know we talk about it as growing our character and our faith. And there's a sense of like, <sighs> yeah. God, stop doing this. Right. But like, really, He's doing it for our freedom. Like right. he's, he's allowing situation to press in upon us enough that we surrender control. Oh. And hello, eight friend over there. I know. Don't be looking at me. <laughs> I am I'm, looking I'm, at I'm, you. I'm, but hey, I have the same issue. It just comes out differently. Okay. I'm avoiding your gaze. You are totally avoiding my gaze. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so I want to read from Ruth Haley Barton's uh, book, Longing for More. She quotes the passage uh, in the Bible, two, 2 Corinthians 3, 17, where Paul says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And she goes on to say, indeed, the whole spiritual journey can be characterized as a journey into freedom. But this is the big loogie here. Yeah, I say loogie. You said loogie. I okay. love loogie. I love that phrase, so go okay. ahead. So here Paul is talking about an interior freedom. It is the freedom to be completely given over to God and to others in love in any given moment. It is the ability to live from an inner security, freed from self-interest, self-consciousness, and self-protection. This is the freedom to live a life of utter responsiveness to the Spirit of God within us and among us, rather than being limited or driven by the expectations of others. When we are living in this kind of freedom, 
We are no longer defined by our vulnerabilities and weaknesses, but at the same time, we are willing to bless others through our vulnerability and weakness in this world. That is so big. And then this last phrase that I highlighted many times, (laughs) this freedom moves us from the perfectionism that binds us to the grace of embracing what is most authentic within us and offering it freely to our world. And that is where we're going. We want to be our authentic selves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And so those layers that are being mined in you right now Mm -hmm. for your freedom are going to be lived out authentically Mm -hmm. to me and to all of those. And it's going to be offered freely without the attachments and trappings that you've been relationally experiencing so far. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's been a... Oh my goodness. I don't think I've cried and shouted and did more emotionally than this year, Uh, but it's been so good. And I actually feel excitement for the future um, because I've had enough experiences now with the pruning that God does and the leaning in that He asks me to do, to know that there is a life and joy and freedom and peace at the other side of this hard, hard journey that he has me on. So good. Yeah. So good. So that is like, that is just a little bit, but it's so rich and so layered. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping, you know, listeners, if you've been one of those people who feel like this season where you've probably been more internally focused is bringing out a lot of the garbage, mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah. Because when you get it out into the light of day, you can actually deal with it, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, so if you're in that space where, you know, you've probably been crying a bit and you've probably been yelling and carrying on because of all the things going on in your life, pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when we can when we can face it, we can do something about it. So help us out with some of the therapeutic response to where we're at today. Yes. So I think this uh, the therapeutic goal at this point is facing the truth. And so I'm going to ask you to think about four questions. Uh, okay. Number one, where are we now? And number two, where do we want to go? Number three what's holding us back. And number four, what will it take to walk out of bondage into freedom? Wow. Yeah. So facing the truth is so important. Let's not be in denial anymore about where we're at. Let's really think about where are we now, but even more hopeful, where do we want to go? Like this is about, you know, like it's like that pretty dress that I have that's two sizes too small sitting there because that's my goal. Like where do we want to go to? And then identifying what is holding us back. And with the therapeutic um, aspect, these are questions you can ask yourself. But if uh, it helps, do it with a coach or a therapist or a really wise friend who can kind of hold you accountable, but can also give you permission to go to those places that maybe we're afraid to because you're not... um, wanting to do this alone. If you do it with others, sometimes it's easier to face the truth because it's done with such love and care for us. Right. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not choking up. I've just got a little tickle. Um, I love that. It's. I think people are going to have to listen to that a few times <clears throat> to just get those questions. It is so... Uh, it's so worth it to spend the time. Mm-hmm. Like, give yourself the space to go there. Yeah. Don't do this from just a quick 
respond. Give yourself time to do that. And do it over a series of days and yeah. weeks uh, for the, the the next year. Keep doing Keep asking yourself That's these right. questions. Yep. And if you're a, a, a Christian, uh, invite God into that journey too, because He is the one who brings us to truth. And so if, you know, he wants to free you, he wants to bring you truth. And so if you ask him for it, he will, he will answer your prayer in this area. So good. So the life coaching response to this would be, uh, it's pie season. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Blueberry's my fave. Oh, blueberry. Uh, My family and I were talking about a cake that we make called Bavarian apple tort. Ooh. Oh. That sounds delicious already. It's so good. Anyway, with pie in mind, what I'd like you to do as a life coaching exercise, get yourself a big piece of paper and draw a circle on it. That looks like a pie. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to do is we're not going to section up the pie at this point. What we're going to do is around the pie, we're going to write all the areas of responsibility we have. Our family, our career, uh, perhaps we have community responsibilities, volunteering, I want you to write all the areas of responsibility you have around the edge of the pie. And be comprehensive. Be comprehensive. Don't leave anything out. Maybe you care. Yeah, maybe you care for gardening, right? Like if you're responsible for your property, Mm -hmm. if you're responsible for, you know, another family member who is not pulling their weight right now, write it down. Mm -hmm. Even write down over the given week all the things you do. Mm -hmm. That's great. On the flip side. Yeah. Then... Decide how big a section of pie each of those areas gets. So maybe your home is getting like a quarter of the pie. Mm -hmm. Maybe your career is getting two thirds of the pie. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Mm -hmm. When you take a look at how much of the pie you're giving to each area, you can see visually Mm. areas where you may be over responsible and over functioning. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So, uh, you know, Mary, you're giving a quarter of the pie to your, it doesn't even add up, does it? A quarter of the pie to your family and another three quarters of the pie to your career. Mm -hmm. There's no more pie left. Yeah. Yeah. So how can you take care of yourself? How can you be involved in your community? How can you do that volunteer thing? So be really honest with yourself because the goal is when you see yourself over responsibility, over functioning in certain areas, you can sort of trim those things back mm-hmm. to provide bigger pieces of the pie to the things that really matter. Right. Ah, oh, I love that exercise. Yeah. Yeah. And I also want to encourage our listeners to stay tuned because <laughs> we dig even deeper into this. And next week, we talk about moving from stuck to freedom. Um, and just to kind of give you a little teaser of where we're going with it, uh, you know, when you're doing this self-analysis and facing the truth, one of the things we're, we're recognizing is that there's a level of comfort in staying where we are. There's a level of, I guess, felt safety and security and familiarity. And so I just want to encourage our listeners that the call to freedom requires us to take risks. It does require us to make changes. It requires us to leave some things behind. And so when doing this pie exercise, you're going to start to really look at what things you need to start maybe cutting out of your life or trimming it down significantly. And as I said, we also need to believe that the possibility of a new way of being and uh, see that as a good thing. And, Absolutely. And want it enough to risk moving from the known into the unknown. 
So good. Yeah. So don't be afraid. Yeah. Well, you will be afraid. Do it afraid. as Yeah. I, like I, I, but don't be afraid because it will bring this growth that you probably have been longing for. Right. Right? Yes. I got gotcha. you. That's what I mean about don't be afraid because right. sometimes fear stops us. Yes. But you're right. Do it afraid. So. Do it afraid. And I have to tell you, and I know I've seen it in your life as well, is that when we push into that fear, it's ultimately it's paper thin. It really isn't that big thing that we think it is. No. And then the freedom on the other side is like, whoa, baby. What have I been putting that off for? I know. Seriously. Yeah. Okay. So next time, tune in because that's going to be rich. Yes. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.